0: God's people said, I think I'll just give an invitation by turning to the text and preach it next Sunday morning. And all God's people said, I believe that when I hear it. But look at Mark chapter one, real quick. I'm just going to close. That was worth it. You know, I'm here every Sunday almost, but he's, he's, this might be his one time here. So he does not need to rush. And I thank God for that great testimony. That's fruit. That is fruit that abounds to your account because you prayed for Kevin Hall and you prayed for Jeremy. And Stephen and Mark, uh, they just started construction on Camp Rhino uh, this this week, and uh, God is really blessed. And I was talking to Brother uh, L- Lubabalo about the need of that camp, and he says it's going to be wonderful. And maybe there'll be some young man to walk into that camp and hear the gospel for those two weeks or three or whatever they keep them, and get out of those terrible homes for just a couple of weeks. And be saturated with love. And that's the, that's the goal. And I thank God for it. But I want you to look at Mark chapter 1. Thank you, Brother Lulabala, for coming. And I know it was a long trip. And uh, Brother Chad Gordon, Brother Tony's youth pastors wanted one that invited him to come and preach and testify at his missions revival in a couple of weeks. And that's why he's here. And when we found out he was here, we want him to be at many churches as he can be at and he's, he's making the rounds and he's very tired but very excited about being here to represent our missionaries. So you pray for him, pray that he'll be effective and that uh, folks will uh, see the burden for the ministry in South Africa and that we can reach many more young people like him. Let's stay in all the word of God. I just wanna read verses uh, 16 through 20 where we left off this morning. Give you this thought in closing and it's kind of an invitation. It says, now, as he walked by the sea of Galilee, Jesus, he saw Simeon and he saw Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Uh, Simon, that's Peter, for they were fishers. And Jesus said to them, come ye after me and uh, ye will become fishers, fishers of men. And I told you there was a lot of action in Mark. Here's an action word. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. When they'd gone a little further, hence he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John the brother who was also in the ship, mending their nets. And straightway he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the ship with the hired servants and went after Zebedee him you may be seated as I pray and close this message father thank you for Lulaballo and thank you dear God for his family sacrificing their time with him for a few weeks and him come over here saying that the gospel works and God I thank you for Kevin and his boldness Lord his courage to go into such a neighborhood and God present the gospel even door to door and Lord help us to be missionaries Help us to be fishers of men. Help us, dear God, see it's worth it all if we can reach one young man like this dear preacher, this pastor. And so, Lord, help us to become fishers of men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The book of Mark is action-packed, and Jesus moves from his baptism and preaching, uh, reminding everybody he's preaching repentance, to now calling ordinary men, fishermen, fishermen, to do an eternal work. And I can't think of anything more thrilling, more exciting than to be used of God to reach a young man like this or any young man or a young lady like this. And there's no greater fulfillment on earth than to bring someone into a saving faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you look at verse 17 real quick. It says, And Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become Fishers of men. Mark starts out with the good news that Jesus is the Son of Jesus Christ is the Son of God, verse one preached on this morning. And thank God for that acrostic of Jesus Christ. And folks, he's saying that he's Savior, He's Messiah, He's God. And he said that Peter or excuse me, John the Baptist came crying in the wilderness and baptizing folks. And then he baptized Jesus. And then as soon as Jesus left that scene, he found some ordinary fishermen. Now, I don't know about you, but fishing to me takes work. My pappy, uh, who would have been 96 September 10th, I thought about him a lot while I was away and saw his birthday come up on Facebook. I wouldn't know anybody's birthday, it wasn't for that. And... Um, I thought about how diligent he was as a fisherman. He'd get me up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to tell you something, whether we caught something or not, he'd fish all day long. I was ready to go after about four or five minutes of not catching anything. But he was a real fisherman, and he knew exactly how to throw that tiny hit-heading torpedo that looks like a frog but that was not a frog and lure those big mouth bass right on that hook, and he'd pull them in. One time he went fishing with Brother Pete, and Pete outfished him, and he got mad at him. Amen. He said that guy caught everything; I caught nothing. You know. He's. But I want to tell you something, friend. This day, these ordinary fishermen, these common people, these not doctors, not lawyers, not not uh, uh, some uh, uh, rich people, just ordinary, common folks, became fishers of men. seminary president told a story about uh, something about uh, after the close of World War II he had a responsibility and privilege to go with a particular message and uh, here was the message. There had been a boy that was reported missing in action and later declared to be dead and so the church, the town, the family, the mother wept because their boy had been killed in the war and they had not even found his body And then later on, they discovered he was not dead at all, and he was alive. And and the the State Department had made a terrible mistake, and they called on a local pastor and said, Pastor, we believe you're the one that should go and tell the mother that her son is alive. Now, folks, the gospel is good news. And I don't believe that pastor would say, Well, listen, I, I would, but I got better things to do. I don't think he would say, You know, maybe in a few days I'll get around to it, Folks, he, he probably rushed over there if it was the midnight hour, knocked on the door and said, I've got some of the greatest news you ever will ever hear. Your son is alive. Your son's alive. They made a mistake. He's coming home soon. And Folks, shouldn't we be excited about the good news of the gospel even more? Folks, the best news I know is that you don't get saved through ancestor worship. Where in the world did that come from? I guess the pit of hell. You know, you don't get saved by tradition. You don't get saved by religion. You get saved by Jesus Christ, the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And I just want to give you three things real quick. He gave three points. I'll give three points. And we'll point to the door. First of all, the people that he called. He didn't choose the elite. He didn't choose the choose the intellect. He chose some common fishermen. Galileans. You know what Galileans were? Country boys. Kind of backwoodsy boys amen I'm talking about like some of us hillbillies from the mountains of Georgia so they were making fun of my accent in Alaska I said go ahead and make fun I'm gonna preach just like I did I don't even know Alaskan but I know hillbilly and I let her rip amen I want you to turn to first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 26 because you might have the excuse that you can't fish for men because you're not able You're not qualified Well I want to put that uh, excuse out of the way And I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 You know where I'm going But I want to read this real quick And uh, I want you to look at verse 26 The Bible says Well, we see your calling Brethren How that not many are wise men after the flesh Nor many mighty Not many noble are called Now listen to verse 27 1 Corinthians 1 You there say Amen Verse 27 says, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Hallelujah. Look at verse 27, 28. And the base things of the world. That's just old fishermen. That's shepherds. They were looked on as the low class of the Bible times. He said, and the base things of the world, the things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification. And praise God, redemption. All your points, brother. Goes right along. Don't insult God by saying you cannot be used of God. Simon Peter was rough He was uncouth The only time he um, Opened his mouth Was to change feet He put his foot in his mouth a lot He used foul language He slipped up and cursed Tried to prove he wasn't one of the disciples but Folks I want you to listen to me God used that man And the Lord did not choose them Because he was Qualified he chose Peter because he was available. Verse 17, back in our text in closing, says this, and ye shall become fishers of men. Don't insult God. Wait on God. Learn. Yield. Realize that God can use you if you will make yourself available and be usable. My pastor, Brother Paul Forsyth, died of a brain cancer when he was 55 years of age. I remember when he came on the scene in Claxton, Georgia, and the church was so messed up, and the preacher had committed adultery and, I believe, murder, just like David did. The church was split. The cathedral quartet sang on a Sunday morning, and they appointed me as pastor, and I said, no, I'm not going to be the pastor of this flock. I'm out of here as soon as y'all finish singing. It was on homecoming. And they was thinking that I ought to be the pastor because I preached a half-decent message. Glad George Johnson wasn't the Holy Spirit, but God sent a man, a hard-headed, stubborn construction worker named Paul Forsyth, that loved God. That knew God's word and preached with all his heart. And he said, My pastor told me to come up here and get six months' experience because this is how long this church is gonna last. And he preached. And God worked miracles. God retired a, a horrendous debt that that preacher got us into, and folks, God used him in my life to train me, to help me, to discipline me. I want to tell you something, friend. God's looking for availability. You know, Acts chapter 4, verse 13 is one of the verses that I've hung on in my my ministry, and when I started this church, I was unqualified and never pastored a church in my life, only uh, taught Sunday school down in Claxton, but I knew God had called me to pastor, and God called me to start this church 40 years ago. Forty and a half years now. Almost 41 soon. And I I love Acts 4.13. The Bible says this, and I claim it every time I go soul winning, and I claim it especially when I'm preaching. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, in verse thirteen. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, And perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them because they'd been with Jesus. Turn over to Acts chapter 4, verse 31, next next door. Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled together, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Folks, I'm gonna tell you what we need. We need to be available and filled with the Spirit of God to be his servants. I'm going to tell you something. Brother Kevin Hall was not the most confident person I've ever met when he left for South Africa. He was scared to death. He comes on strong and he comes on mighty and he comes on uh, sometimes is determined. But I want to tell you something. Inside his soul he was scared to death. And he went to a place that was very dangerous and he found young man that had never been loved he found a young man that needed to be adopted into the family of God by the grace of God and God used him why? because he was mighty and intelligent no he's from Tunnel Hill what good has come out of Tunnel Hill (laughs) I'll tell you something's good come out of Tunnel Hill and that's Kevin Hall but Kevin Hall didn't do it he just yielded everything he had Gave up a $100,000 scholarship to play football in college. To go to Bible college and be trained and then go to South Africa and reach a pastor that now is reaching many. I told him, I said, how was church this morning? He said, all the children didn't come because I didn't pick them up because they're afraid to walk to church that they might because they get abducted. And he said, we had a lot of adults and many visitors, but the children didn't come because I wasn't there to pick them up. And I said, well, thank God for you. Folks, listen, we need to realize that God can use us wherever we're at. Let me ask you a question. Why did God give you a job? Why did God put you in the United States of America? Why did God put you in this church? Why did God uh, 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 allow you to be in the school system or the, be a student or allowed you to be living where you're living in your neighborhood? I'll tell you why. Because he's chosen you and ordained you to bear forth fruit for his glory and he wants you to be fishers of men. Mark chapter 10, I believe it's verse 45. It says that Jesus came not to minister, unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. That could be the that could probably be the theme verse of the whole study. The Lord didn't come to get something. The Lord came to give something. Eternal life. And the Lord didn't come to be ministered unto. He came to minister. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 19, 10, he came to seek and to save those who were lost. His heart was for souls. And I believe if a man says that he is a, follower of Christ he needs to be a fisher of men I don't want to hurt your feelings but don't say you're following Christ if you're not fishing for men because the Bible says if you will follow me I will make you fishers of men I don't usually read lengthy illustrations but I want to close with this one and I'll preach the other two points next Sunday we'll go came to pass that there was a group existed that called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around them. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish. And the fish were hungry <clears throat> week after week, month after month, year after year. Those who called themselves fishers met in meetings, talked about their call to fish, the abundance of fish, and they might go about fishing <clears throat> year after year. They carefully defined what fishing means. Defended fishing as an occupation and declared that fishing is always to be the primary task of a fisherman. And continually they searched for new and better methods of fishing, for new and better definitions of fishing. First they said the fishing industry exists by fishing as a, as a fire exists by burning. They love slogans such as fishing is the task of every fisherman. Every fisherman is a fisher." <laughs> A fisherman is an outpost for every fisherman's club. They sponsored special meetings called Fisherman's Campaigns or Fisherman's Revivals. The month of Fisherman to Fish, they had a whole month of emphasis on fishing. They sponsored costly nationwide worldwide conferences to discuss fishing. They promoted such as new fishing equipment, fish calls, fish bait. Was discovered. Their fishermen built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. The plead, the plead was everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. In addition to meeting regularly, they organized a board to send other fishermen to other places <clears throat> where there were many fish. And all the fishermen seemed to agree that what they needed was a board that would challenge fishermen to be faithful in fishing. The board was formed by those that had the great vision and those who had courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing, to promote the idea of fishing in the faraway streams and lakes where other fish of different colored colors lived. And also the board hired staff and appointed committees and held many meetings to define fishing, to defend fishing, and to decide what new streams should be thought about. But the staff and the committee members, they didn't fish. I said the staff and the committee members did not fish. They just didn't fish. Large, elaborate, and expensive training centers originated, and their primary purpose was teaching how to fish. And over the years, courses were offered to fishermen teaching the nature of fish, where to find fish, the psychological reactions of fish, and how to approach and feed fish. Those who taught fishing and the doctrines of fishiology But the teachers did not fish, they only taught fishing. Year after year, after tedious training, many were graduated and given fishing license. They were sent to do full-time fishing, some to distant waters, which were filled with fish. Some spent much time studying and traveling to learn the history of fishing and to see faraway places where the fathers of great fishing in centuries past lived. They lauded and they, they they had faithful fishermen of the year before and handed down the idea of fishing. I'm going to skip some of the material, but he said, let me end with this parable. Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested that those who don't catch fish were not really fishermen, no matter how much they claim to be. Folks, listen. God's called us to fish. Not for fish, but for souls. God's called us to send missionaries. But God help us not to let that be an excuse for us to sit around and talk about missions. God's called us. I'll read this verse. Jesus said to them, Come ye after me, and I'll make you become fishers of men. And straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. And there was one young man in that boat that was called. His name was Andrew. He never preached, as far as I know. He never preached like his brother and reached 3,000 at one time. He just talked to a little boy that had a lunch and they fed the 5,000. He was a one-on-one person. And praise God, I want to tell you who Andrew reached. Andrew reached his brother, Peter. Folks, listen, if we could only reach one person, they might reach thousands. God's called us to be fishers of men. And not only has he called us, he equips us by his Holy Spirit and the gospel to go where the fish are and reach them before it's too late. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this good testimony. It stirred my heart, thrilled my soul. And I'm so thankful for the people that taught Brother Kevin when he was a little boy sitting in this church. invested in him that supported him for the glory class that so loves him and keeps up with him and adopts him so to speak and God, all the people that have supported all our missionaries around the world but God help us to realize you've called us to reach one and you've called us not just talk about fishing but be fishers of men God, I know that means if we're going to fish for men, we've got to go where they're at. We can't sit in this church and wait for them to meander in. We cannot wait for sinners to come to the house of God. We must go to them with the gospel, the good news that they can live in heaven and not hell. So, God, give us a willing heart to become fishers of men. We